Hey everyone, welcome back to the Daily Blend Show. Today is October 30th, 2020, and this is the Friday Top 5. Each week on our Friday Top 5, we feature five stories we thought were interesting, notable, or culturally significant. We missed last week's show, so we're going to give you a couple extra things. So let's start with the fact that we're going to talk about Salesforce and their fourth annual State of the Connected Customer. The CEO from Slack comes out to talk about new features they're adding today and things to come. A new solution called Upstream wants to connect your digital network and help you meet people during, before, and after events. Orbit tries to tackle the timesheet and how to improve your personal brand on Zoom. Then we move into Instagram extending time limits and what the implications are for creators and consumers. Microsoft finally adds some features to their iOS apps, and Harley-Davidson gets into the electric bicycle business. These Friday Top 5 updates are available each week, of course, on dailyblend.com. Don't forget, daily is spelled different, D-A-I-L-E-Y-B-L-E-N-D.com, or by subscribing across all major podcast platforms. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's jump into the show. So the first story comes in from Salesforce and their state of the connected customer. It's their fourth annual edition of this report. If you want to read it, go to salesforce.com. Obviously, we've linked to it on dailyblend.com. But it's really talking about, you know, how businesses can think about how they're connecting with their customers and providing customer centricity. And obviously, Salesforce is doing this because, you know, they want to sell some of their software solutions and that they've got problem statements and their software is the, the sort of remedy, but I think Salesforce does a really nice job of articulating some of the the issues or focus areas that businesses really should be tackling. And the four things that they really highlight in this report was first, the connected uh, or the customer connections are essential amid crisis. Second, that understanding and convincing uh, differentiation is critical. And the third, the digital imperative hits its moment of truth, and then fourth, the customer demands that brands demonstrate their values. Now, if some of those things are sort of buzzwordy to you, uh, you know, I think when you think about, you know, the digital experience and, and really customers, you know, you have to have a few takeaways. First is that the customer experience matters as much as the product these days. Second, the customer expects companies to accelerate their digital transformation. Basically, get on the omni-channel experience, be able to interact with me, cross channels, make sure that I get tracking if I'm buying something from you, make sure I'm able to interact with a bot or a customer service agent, whatever channels or platforms I want. And, you know, I think lastly, or third, is remembering that you don't have to solve all these problems uh, at once, right? Companies need to address them in sort of an iterative process and have sort of transparency to their customers, right? Say, here's what we're working on. Here's how we're going to improve things over time. And we're going to get better and we value you as a customer. So an interesting report from Salesforce. I think Salesforce always does a really good job with their annual uh, updates. And I highly recommend going and checking it out. The next story is about the CEO of Slack coming out and talking about a new feature they're rolling out, which is basically a clone to Instagram stories that would be um, created and shared in a, you know, enterprise or business setting. 
and I'm, I'm less actually interested in the feature set. I actually think it's a little weird or I haven't seen the, the way to adopt it, but more I like the way that the CEO from Slack is thinking. You know, if you think about learning styles that you have auditory, visual, written, etc., um, I think Slack's thinking about communication and collaboration in a very similar mindset, right? There's not a one-size-fits-all. And I really liked his point on, you know, meetings when they get scheduled become a very formal setting and that these different tactics allow you to communicate and collaborate and share information uh, and connect with your peers in an informal manner, which can oftentimes be a more effective and efficient way of of uh, interacting. So it's certainly interesting to see this feature set um, come to life, but I'm more interested in just, like I said, their thinking and what's on their roadmap. And they highlighted the fact that they're going to put new products and services into the marketplace. And, you know, these different capabilities will either, you know, have stickiness or, you know, they'll kill them off. And that's how, you know, a proper SaaS solution should operate. And uh, it will be interesting to see what's coming next. All right. The third story comes from a company called Upstream, and I would argue probably not the best name for a company that's trying to connect people. I get the fact that you're trying to move upstream, but when I Googled to try to find more company information, all I did was find streaming platforms. I'm just saying. But let's jump into like why you know this company has got a unique value prop and why it matters. So for large conferences or events, there's always like a speaker and a bunch of people attend. But then afterwards, there are sometimes roundtables and they're a pain to schedule and coordinate. What they're trying to achieve is trying to say, how do we, you know, automate that sort of follow on roundtable or speed dating like sessions with individuals who attended the event to talk about you know, the event or connect on topics. I think this could be interesting, but I've seen a million of these solutions come out. So, you know, I want to get access to their beta, sign up and see if it's a value add. I can tell you from a resourcing standpoint, you know, this would give companies back hours and hours of time of trying to coordinate things. So if Upstream can crack the code here, I think they've got uh, a unique opportunity to create you know, a nice little business for themselves. I also think that they quickly become a acquisition target for, let's say, LinkedIn or Microsoft or Zoom, Slack, etc. So cool solution. Go to dailyblend.com to find a link to their uh, sign-up sheet to get into their beta program. All right, the fourth story comes in from a company called Orbit, which is trying to be a time sheet management solution. So their aim is really going after independent contractors, gig economy, on-demand workers who are working across a variety of different customers and trying to track their time and then execute an invoice. Now, I was kind of looking at this from an enterprise level, and I'm really looking for sort of what a law firm has but on steroids where you pick up a phone, and it tracks how long you're on the, the phone with um, that customer and then bills them. Or when you do e- emails or sort of working on tasks for that customer, it would bill them. You know, I'd love for someone like Microsoft or, you know, another solution to say when you're in sort of a team uh, or a channel for a specific initiative or a customer, it tracks how much time you're spending on that. And then you could allocate that um, to an invoice. So for 
you know, individuals who are running small businesses, really good solution from what I've seen from an enterprise standpoint, still some room to go, but they're moving in the right direction. All right, the fifth story comes in from an article I saw about how to improve your personal brand. And this reason that I wanted to post this was I attended a digital summit or, or conference for the first time, and you had a lot of people on Zoom, and you know some people are really excited about these backgrounds. Other people you know, don't care, have bad lighting, have good lighting. And I think what I wanted to do was highlight the points that the Forbes article and Punch.io came out with also kind of giving my own sort of links to other solutions for buying web cameras and buying uh, lighting kits and helping getting cameras set up in the appropriate uh, way. You know, I think we're going to be in COVID for another year. Um, obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a crystal ball reader. But, you know, you're going to be your digital brand for the next year. And so why not set up a solution that, you know, puts your best foot forward and makes it look like you didn't just roll out of bed uh, for the call. So have a look on dailyblend.com for the various links and see if you can't up your game. The next story comes in on Instagram extending the time that it will allow people to record from one hour to four hours and then also soon that they're going to be supporting archiving. And sort of similar to the Slack story, I'm less interested in this particular feature and more thinking about what Instagram's trying to do. So in the matter of the last, I guess, 18 months, you know, Instagram went from, you know, I post a picture or pictures to now I have stories. I have live streams. I can archive those live streams, it sounds like. I can do e-commerce. I can do messaging. They've really made it, you know, from a content creator standpoint, a one-stop shop um, for uh, content creators to run their business um, on the platform. I think one of the nice enhancements they did about two weeks ago on the uh, desktop or browser uh, application is really fantastic of the algorithms and sort of the information that you can share or schedule. It's, it's pretty impressive. So I think, you know, they have something for everyone. You know, their um, TV is their long form, their uh, short form content is sort of IG stories, their snapshot, which is their original product, is just an instant sort of yes or no binary feeling of on a brand or an individual and you know the archiving is like you know I saw something interesting for this creator or individual or brand I want to watch it but I don't have time now and I'll come back later so you know I think Instagram has done a great job of just packing a ton of features and a very sort of condensed application without diluting their brand and I think you know Facebook should as the parent company should look at what they've done with Instagram and almost peel back some things from Facebook I think Facebook is just overblown I rarely go on the platform and um, you know they can learn a lot from the team over at Instagram all right so everyone saw the news that Apple finally rolled out the iPad Air, and based on the price point of, I think, $500, and by the time you get, you know, the 256-gig hard drive plus a, you know, proper keyboard and mouse, it's around $1,000, so basically the same price of a laptop, but the big announcement for me that, you know, I think went 
somewhat unnoticed was the fact that Microsoft rolled out uh, mouse features for their applications. So I've been a uh, you know iPad owner multiple times. I had the original one, which was an absolute brick and useless, and then I have the last Pro one with a button on it and a. Um, you know, a nice little keyboard, but there's no mouse control, so I have to travel with another mouse. But when they, you know, launch the beta program for the mouse clicking and now the the actual production uh, version, I was really excited for it. And then I found out Microsoft didn't support it. Now that they do, I'm gonna sort of experiment over the next two weeks on using my iPad as my main device. And then once we get out of COVID, if all things go well, I'm going to transition from a laptop, hopefully to an iPad, just because I think, you know, it's more compact, easier to use. The last story comes in from Harley Davidson, who's getting into the electric bicycle business. You know, you probably saw this coming when they came out with their first electric motorcycle, which first of all, looked great and was priced appropriately. And now that they're coming out with a bicycle, I'm just totally hooked on the the Serial One, which is the name of the company or the bike. I can't tell uh, underneath Harley-Davidson. But I highly recommend you go to dailyblend.com and watch the YouTube video. What Harley-Davidson did was make their bicycle look like their first motorcycle from the 20s. And it looks, you know less futuristic and actually more of a throwback and I actually think this is a really cool direction for the company. I'm sure there will be times to think more forward and progressive but I really like them reaching back into their history there. All right that does it for this week's edition of the Friday Top 5. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe me, Reed Daily. That's R-E-E-D. D-A-I-L-E-Y on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Daily Blend on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us at dailyblend.com and like, follow, and subscribe us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. So with that said, I hope everyone has a lovely Friday. Happy Halloween um, and enjoy the weekend.